This is the Epic Life Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. My name is Eric Knopf, and you are listening to the Epic Life Podcast. About a month ago, I spontaneously sat down with Eric Waterbury and asked him, why do people torch their lives? Meaning, why do they light their lives on fire? And so many of you reached out about how helpful and profound the episode was. So naturally, at midnight on a Monday, I decided to sit down and talk and record another session with him. And he has no idea what on earth I'm about to ask, and frankly, neither do I. So in this episode, I ask Eric to talk about what it takes to develop a backbone in order to live a powerful life. And he revealed that a backbone is really becoming your own advocate for your life. We also talk about the time when someone in our community had to make a decision about a relationship where they were completely cut off from their family. It's a really interesting story. So if you want to live a powerful life, you'll need to learn how to develop a backbone and become your own advocate for your life. And so you're going to learn some really powerful and instrumental truths here in this episode. I really hope you enjoy it. So let's go. And here we are. It is a holiday in at... uh midnight doing a podcast with Mr. Waterbury only because so many people had raved about our last podcast with you about torching their lives. So here we are. Yeah. (laughs) I want to ask you about building spines. When I met you, not to like talk down on myself, but I was pretty spineless. And I know for those of you who are listening Eric has no idea what I'm asking. <laughs> We're just going off the cuff here. But I wanted to maybe pick your brain about developing strength and a spine and a backbone for someone's life. What was it, if you can rewind maybe 15 years ago, what was maybe my life like at that time? And if you could describe what a spineless human being was, <laughs> maybe you could describe kind of that state. Um, great question. I always ask Eric, hey, what are we going to talk about? And he goes, I'll let you know when we start talking. So (laughs) this is all off the cuff. I think 15 years ago, you were trying to make everybody happy. You felt like it was your job for everybody to walk away from you feeling great about themselves. And even if it meant that you were greatly inconvenienced or what you were bringing to them was not valued or um, you just had, it was your job to make them happy. And what is the problem with trying to make everybody happy? Uh, You're going to (laughs) fail. And the more that someone, uh, not all the world is like this, but some of the world is like this the more they figure out that you are just determined to make them happy, the more you become their punching bag and you slowly lose your power and the essence of your DNA because you're supposed to be moving forward with what God created you for instead of making everybody happy. Uh, And a lot of times people who are very determined for you to make them happy aren't that concerned about what God created them for. What percentage of people do you think are in that condition trying to make everybody happy? Wow, I don't know. 
a lot. I think it's very easy to give up your own soul to try to find meaning in somebody's smile or somebody feeling good about themselves. And when that becomes your greatest goal, you start a downward spiral that is pretty hard to stop when it gets close to the bottom. <laughs> when you encounter people like me who are spineless, they're trying to pee, uh, they're, they're trying to please everybody. How do you help them realize that that's not working? Do they realize it by themselves or do you have to point it out for them? Mm. I don't know. Did I point it out to you a lot? I think you just observed that. Is this still working? How's that working out for you? I think we're like the words that oh, you yeah, kept that using. was my question. <laughs> How's that working out for you? And I'd be like, I don't think very well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there are a lot of really powerful people who give up their power because in the church, uh, many times as believers, we are taught, or just as people, you know, we're taught that we're supposed to, everybody should feel good walking away from us. I recall one time. Wait, are you, are you suggesting that you're not a people pleaser, that everyone is happy with you? No. <laughs> if everyone is happy for, with me, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Because if everybody in the world is happy f with you, you're not standing for much because we're called to be salt, we're called to be light and darkness, and you flip the light on in darkness and all the roaches, you know, head for the corners. <laughs> so if, uh, if I'm supposed to make everybody happy, I, I can't be salt and I can't be light. I love it. There's uh, one of the passages I love in the scriptures is, is Galatians 1, 9. It says, if I'm trying to please people, I'm not a servant of Christ. Yep. And it doesn't mean that if you are a servant of Christ, you're not going to please people. Because if you're truly a servant of Christ, you touch people's life with an authenticity that is life changing. And so you're going to powerfully impact people, even if initially they aren't pleased. That's really good. What happens when I make my life to please others? You say you can't be salt and light, but what reduces your life down to like, what does that look like? How does someone know if I'm actually a spineless slug? <laughs> Someone who's listening here, like they might think they have a spine, but really they're a spineless slug at this point. I think there's a lot of pressure in our world today to be politically correct. And I believe that if you truly love people, you're going to speak things that are very affirming. But if I'm speaking things that are very affirming and it's not truth, I'm actually turning the lights off in your world. And so it's owning 
It's owning the light switch. Because if you don't own the light switch, you're supposed to turn the lights on and you can do that in someone's world and share truth. They may not even want to hear it, but if your motive is just to make their life more powerful and to give them a greater sense of worth and value, then you can turn the light switch on and they're not going to hate you for it because you don't turn it on and then enjoy watching them. You know, it's kind of like when you get the lights turned on and everything's been dark and you're like squinting and you make all these expressions with your face. That's kind of what happens in our soul when someone starts turning the light on in areas that we've walked in darkness. And so I think helping someone find their backbone is just using a flashlight at first and just pointing out little things. Hey, have you ever considered what it would be like if maybe you didn't worry so much about making everybody happy? Or how do you feel when everybody's happy but you maybe don't feel happy yourself? (laughs) What's that like? (laughs) Just asking questions just to help them get in touch with their own soul. When I look back at some of the times you've had conversations with me, you've helped me word difficult conversations I've had to have in order to develop a spine. I would probably go so far as to saying that you helped nudge me into difficult situations and gave me language to confront those situations. Can you talk about how you learned to develop that skill and how that works for you to impart that to others? I think developing that language for myself came from a realization that saying things that are not truthful to make someone feel better or flattering someone to try to cheer them up is actually ripping them off in the long run. And so it was becoming comfortable with observing my own wounds, I guess, or my own things that were not necessarily positive and learning to embrace that part of myself and to accept my own pain and begin to find truthful things that I could say to myself that built my hope without telling myself a lie in order to try to feel better. Because a lot of the positive mental attitude things that come out today, a lot of the inspirational things, there's so many things on social media and they're fluffy. They are they use buzzwords, but there's no authority in them. There's no authenticity in them. So, you know, people talk about grinding and then you listen to what the deep revelations they got when they were grinding. And it's like, really? (laughs) That has all the depth of a hallmark. Thanks (laughs) so much for that. Because something that gives me inner stamina or strength is something that calls my DNA to a deeper purpose than I've had the courage to reach for in the past. 
And as I began to find that for myself, it was such an amazing discovery that I began to share with other people the same uh, truth that I was finding for myself. So it's just having the courage to observe someone's pain and just ask him, are you aware? Wow, does that, does that not hurt you? How does that really feel? And then having the courage to point out or just share, this is what I'm observing. Does that feel real to you at all? And then being quiet. <laughs> and being willing to wait and just listen in silence until they find words and language for, mm, I hate trying to make everyone happy. I actually, I'm giving up the essence of myself in doing so. And then just encouraging, just helping them find words just to tell people, I'm sorry, I can't make you happy because that doesn't make me happy. It's really hard to have someone advocate for themselves in that way to say, I'm sorry, I can't please you because I'm suffering. Yeah, because we're taught that we're supposed to this mysterious thing called die daily. It's never <laughs> supposed to be about you. You're just supposed to die. <laughs> and um, there's just such a powerful thing in coming to understand that your soul matters and that what you were created for, no one else was created to do. And so you have to begin to put boundaries in place that help you move towards what you were created for. And not everybody's going to be excited about that. Uh, we actually have an enemy who, uh, who represents darkness and loves to keep us running in circles trying to please everyone instead of purposefully moving forward to step into the place that our DNA was created for. You said something really profound just a few minutes ago, which was building your hope upon a lie. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Can you elaborate on what it means to build your hope upon a lie and maybe some examples of that? It's kind of like a self-deception. I'm maybe numbing myself out. I'm, I'm creating a alternative mindset based on something that's not in reality, but I'm using my words. Maybe you can unpack it with yours. It's easy to build your, if your hope is built on trying to make everybody happy, that's actually a lie because you, no person can make other people happy. Happiness, you know, you hear that it's a trite uh, saying that comes around all the time. Happiness is an inside job, but it's actually true. And no person can make me happy. If I don't determine and purpose within myself to intentionally choose happiness, I'm not going to be happy. And there's a lot of people who are unwilling to own their own happiness. They're unwilling to, um, that's actually where backbone comes from. 
is owning your own happiness. Because when you begin to own your own happiness, you have to come into contact with purpose and the purpose for which you were created and then the intentionality to actually uh, explode that purpose into uh, implementation, execution, which leads to fulfillment as a person. And as long as I am walking around trying to make everybody happy, I am never going to be able to intentionally and purposefully move toward execution because I'm too busy courting people who um, they themselves are not going to, if you surround yourself with a crowd of people and your job is to make them happy, you are surrounded by the wrong crowd. I fully expect to have disagreements with my inner circle because we are powerful people and there are two of us and iron sharpens iron. So if there are never any sparks, which recalls that, which requires that both of us have backbones, then you're never going to grow. So if my job is to, oh, at the end of the day, I want my best friend to really be close to me and really like me. And I, I don't know. I just saw this expression on their face. Uh-uh. <laughs> if that's how you think, like I get to the end of a day, even with Eric Knopf and we had sparks. That's awesome. Cause we both have backbones and that's what happens when iron sharpens iron. Hmm. Would you go so far as saying if you have an absence of sparks in your life, you might not be living with a backbone in your relationships. That just seems like such a harsh way to put it. Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> if you cannot remember the last time that you actually had a sharp disagreement or, and sharp doesn't necessarily mean that you walk away unhappy. I'm not, if I have a pretty strong disagreement with one of my friends that doesn't mean that we didn't have a great day. I actually saw a client for life coaching uh, this week, and twice he totally stood up to me and really put some boundaries in place. I, was, I wanted to do something in the session. He was like, absolutely, I'm not doing that. And after our session was over, I said, I got to congratulate you. You did a great job of setting boundaries. I'm really proud of you. And he was really shocked. And I go, no, that's, if you're not setting boundaries and you're not disagreeing with me, you're not stepping towards what you're supposed to do with yourself. Hmm. Would you go so far as to describing lack of backbone as being a lack of advocate for your own self? Yeah. That's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah, it does. Because uh, it, you develop backbone as you get to know your soul. Because we pay so much attention to uh, the spirit realm, and I'm all about that. Uh, we're, many of us are ignorant in the spirit realm, so we get our butts kicked uh, when the enemy comes against us. But if you also don't know your soul and what you're created for, and you know like what your five greatest strengths are, you understand your love languages, you know like where do you fit in the fivefold? Uh, there's all your spiritual gifts tests. There's all kinds of tests you can take to get to know your soul. If you don't know your soul, then it's really hard to have boundaries or to have a sense of inner purpose because 
it's a mixture of soul and spirit moving forward to create the destiny that God cre- uh, mixed up your DNA for. Hmm. I want to go back to some of the conversations you have with people and you mm-hmm. ask them, how does that feel? Mm-hmm. How are you able to move people in helping them observe maybe how something feels to then developing that really scary confrontation that they need to have, that conversation that they are dreading to have. You help inspire people to have really difficult conversations with people they really love that has a lot of consequences. How do you move people towards that action? Uh, I actually grew up uh, a, a very insecure guy. And I had few friends that I felt comfortable with. And so a lot of times I would come up when I would come out and disagree with people. I used sarcasm a lot. I used, I have a gift of discernment and I would use that gift to know how to use sarcasm or I would come on really strong. And the more that I learned to connect with my own heart, and understood that really my greatest goal is connection. It's not winning. Uh, and it's also, I don't need to be defensive because I'm a powerful person and I'm actually a good person to know, to have in your life. Then I began to figure out ways to present things that said, I really want to be connected to you. And about two or three times, this thing has happened between us, uh, and I'd like to understand you better. So like, I'd like to share these examples with you and then it'd be great. Like maybe you'll have information that you can share with me that'll help me understand why that happens. Because I really love you. I want to feel close to you. And I, I'm excited about our relationship. I want it to deepen and grow and I want to sustain it. So Here's the information I have. And then I would share the things that happened. And when I think I ahead and I actually take the time to do that, uh, people understand I'm not, I'm not trying to win here. And I'm, not, I'm also not trying to be right. I had a powerful person in my life growing up who was never wrong. And even if I perceived they were wrong, they were never wrong. And there was never an apology. So I started making myself... Uh, say out loud to people if something came to the surface oh wow I'm sorry you were right I was wrong and it's funny because sometimes I'll say that to some of the people that I uh, mentor or life coach or spiritually father and they'll go can you say that again (laughs) because they just want to hear me I'm like "Uh, yes I can you were right I was wrong they're like really So I think it's just valuing connection. But even before that, you have to value your connection with yourself. Because until you value your connection with yourself, you can't really develop a backbone. If you always value your connection with everyone else before you value your connection with yourself, you're never going to be able to stand up for anything, least of all yourself. Hmm. But how do you develop that motivation, you help people have the most difficult conversations of their lives. Mm -hmm. It's easier to not have the conversations. Mm -hmm. 
you meet with people, you observe what you see. There's something that happens in between that and them coming back and saying, I had the conversation. What are you saying? What are you doing? How do you lead someone to actually confront their fears in the most important relationships of their life to have that personal advocacy in the conversation for themselves? I think some of it has to do with being a safe person for them, myself. And I also, like, I'm not going to send somebody into a conversation without them having an opportunity to observe themselves. So if there's something that they need to see about themselves before they go have a conversation, I just bring that up. Just like, hey, you might want to, uh, it was, it was really funny. I counseled this couple for two years and about two years into it, they became comfortable with each other enough to share their perceptions of me and my interactions with them. And both of them thought that the other person was my favorite, <laughs> which was pretty hilarious, but it was like, no, when I'm with you, I don't need to talk about her. Because you can't do anything about her. You can't control her. The only person you can control is yourself. So tell me why you did that. Why did you say those things to her in that voice tone? I don't care what she did. And so I, I'll work with a person on why they do the things that they do. And the more that a person can own their own behavior, the more confidence they grow in the fact that they're a significant, powerful person. And as they become comfortable with that like yeah i can fail wow i should not have used that voice tone i don't care what she said to me i shouldn't have done that or no matter how disrespectful he was i still should have gone before the lord and asked the lord what was it about my how i presented things to him that really ticked him off because that's what builds confidence in you as a person so then when you own your own behavior and your own life, it's easy to start setting boundaries. Because I know myself, and I'm cleaning up this mess I made. And now that I've cleaned up my mess, I'd like to talk to you about your mess, because I really want to be connected to you. <laughs> and your part of the mess is keeping us from that. However, after I share how I perceive your mess, if you want to share some more st information, that'll help me understand why you respond that way to me. I'm all ears because most of all, I want to be connected. So to be connected, you have to be proactive and bring up the conversation about the things that are keeping you not connected. Yep. One of the things, I don't know if you've said this with other people, but you've said it with me, which is let me know how long you want to sit in those dirty diapers. <laughs> And I don't know how uh, th there was there's something that connected with me with that of like I'm sitting in this and yeah. I get to sit in it as long as I want. Um, yeah. It was a really powerful observation. And how does that play into this kind of I'm observing your life? You know, you, you seem to do that uh, with people, and it, it seemed to be a motivating factor for me. Can you elaborate on that a little bit and the effects of that for how people are motivated? I think a lot of times when you work with people or when you mentor people or 
however, you know, you meet with people, it's easy to have to get really frustrated with people about why they do some of the things they do. And I've just learned that nobody's going to change anything because I want them to. So let's talk about what's actually going on in your life and how much that dirty diaper that you're determined to wear, how much that sucker smells. (laughs) And uh, if you want to sit in that that thing and you don't want to clean up your mess with somebody or sometimes it's not your mess. You know, sometimes it's another person's mess or there's uh, a person that's very aggressive and I just want to try to appease them, which never works. Like, all right, how's that working for you? And hey, that looks pretty miserable to me, but if it works for you, I'm good with that. Is that working all right for you? And then... After a while, I mean, you talk about it enough, you bring it up and you start complaining. I'm like, oh, no, you're a powerful person. So I think we've talked about that before, and that's something that you still want to sit in, and you don't. I'm happy to talk about ways to approach this with someone, with that person, but if you don't want to talk about that and you don't want to take any action, I actually don't want to listen to you talk about it either. So when you get tired of that dirty diaper... Look me up. <laughs> I can tell you how to take that sucker off and hose yourself down. You'll smell better. You'll like your life better. People around you will like you more, and you'll start developing a backbone. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> the imagery of it all is just exactly. delightful. I, I love it. These difficult conversations, people develop a backbone and having those conversations, it's not without consequence. You've helped guide people into conversations and advocacy for themselves that they've paid dearly for. What are some of those consequences that you've seen over the years? Well, I've actually had uh, conversations myself because you can't guide anyone through anything you're not willing to own yourself. You're not willing to walk out yourself. And I've had consequences where, for being honest with people, where they actually, uh, it hasn't happened that often to me where people sever their relationship, but sometimes it's created distance. Um, Rarely permanent, but sometimes for a while. And I've, I've developed a confidence through the years about those kinds of conversations because they don't actually, I don't actually lose anything that I truly need. And in fact, whenever I, when I really have their best interest and our connection and my best interest at heart and they still get mad and move away, when they do that, I actually needed that space. And I, a lot of times I didn't know that. Uh, and through the years I've developed a confidence in that it's, it's good to have the space and to feel the fresh air 
and to get a different perspective on myself. And sometimes people feel really righteous in the, what they're saying. And then if I shut up and they just have silence and the Holy Spirit to listen to, they can sort things out. And sometimes I'll will back away and then I'll realize, wow, I have the wrong perspective and I need to shift. I really miss them and that wasn't near as big a deal as I let it become in my head. So it's it's really just not being afraid to have silence and not being afraid to have distance and having a covenant a covenant mentality, a covenant with yourself and a covenant with other people. I remember there was a, a couple who's probably listening right now. And their dating relationship was pretty scandalous based on the different races. It's an interracial dating relationship. And I watched you as you helped give the gal language to talk to her parents. And that conversation didn't go well, did it? (laughs) No, it didn't. What happened? Well. Wasn't it like... Your bags are on the lawn or remind me what happened. She actually told me that they had been asked by her parents to stop dating because her parents had prejudice and they didn't appreciate his ethnicity. And so they said, okay, we stopped, but they actually didn't. And so I told the young lady, I said, you're actually lying. And so you can't expect the blessing of God on your relationship because you're lying to your parents and you need to tell them the truth. And she said, but if I do that, they will ship my bills to me in an envelope. And she was in school. They were paying all of her bills. She had a sweet ride. And I said, it doesn't matter. God will fill in the blanks. He will take care of your needs. And I'll stand next to you while you walk this out. So I think it took about two months because she hemmed and hawed and uh, had to think about all of it. She actually counted the cost pretty well. And finally, she told them. And sure enough, they did exactly what she was afraid of. Mm-hmm. They mailed her all of her bills in an envelope and said, your financial situation is on you until you do what, until you break up with this young man. And uh, I actually, I helped her move. She found another place to live. She immediately had to find a job. Uh, They weren't playing, but she had actually counted the cost. She found a room to live in that she could afford. She found some jobs to pay for her bills. And I helped move her out of her apartment into her new place. Uh, I kept hanging out and just kind of being consistent in her life during that season and she actually developed some self-respect she loved being truthful she was super discerning and smart she understood her parents and what she was afraid of is exactly what happened but the character that she developed as a result of that and the the truth that they she and the young man laid at the foundation of their relationship was a strong foundation um, for their marriage. And before it was all over, her parents came back 
and actually said, not only gave their permission for the young man to marry her, but uh, just totally embraced him over time. Did it take time? Yeah, it did. But her choices, just to be honest, and, and to share a truth with them was totally worth it. The price of freedom there was pretty expensive. Initially, but if you, if you live a life of lies and you're not in covenant with yourself, because if you're not in covenant with yourself, it's really hard to, if you don't value yourself and value your integrity and your authenticity as a person, it's really hard to have the conversations that actually lay the foundation for powerful living. That I think is the core of developing a backbone is just valuing your life, valuing your DNA, valuing the purpose for which you were born. And then as authentically as you have the courage to do so, bringing yourself forward and embracing yourself in private so that you can bring yourself into the public uh, arena and have a sense of uh, self-worth and self-appreciation that comes out of an identity as a son or a daughter of God. You seem to be completely unintimidated by what people think about you. I think when I consider what a strong backbone of living is, so much of what you live and embody represents that. Is that something that you develop over time? Is that something that you develop um, your greater muscles for, you know, greater battles? Like how, how do you get to the level in which you live today where more or less you could be talking to the president of the United States and if they don't like you, it doesn't shave any sleep off your night. <laughs> how does someone develop that over a long period of time? It does take time and probably I feel healthier and more whole today than I ever have in my whole life. Uh, but it's like muscles. You build them over time, one choice at a time, one day at a time, and also one connection at a time. Cause you cannot run with people who don't value backbone and don't value authenticity and develop any of your own. I think a lot of it has been the choices that I've made to develop uh, an inner circle of people who love me devotedly, know all of my flaws, because if they're in my inner circle, they need to know all of my flaws to help me sort through my BS and to also help me actually see uh, the beauty of who I am and then uh, who also just call me out. Um, and even like in the last, probably the last year, I've had so many breakthroughs that have been very powerful, had some very painful things happen in the last couple of years, a couple of years ago. Uh, but they were totally for my benefit. And a lot of that was honestly sorting through my real feelings, uh, my despair, my black days my emotions, um, and just 
laying myself bare before people. And when you, there's something that happens at the core of yourself when you lay yourself bare before people. Uh, God himself said, it is not good for man to be alone. People are always saying things like, God should be enough. And I'm, I always think to myself, that's funny. You're arguing with God because that's not his opinion. <laughs> he said man should not be alone. So he created Eve for connection. <clears throat> I try to keep those thoughts to myself unless it's somebody I really love. But uh, I, I really think it's just a muscle that you build over time. And slowly you build a physique where an inner physique, a spiritual physique, and a soul physique where you just understand everyone is flawed and I happen to know my flaws and while they, some of them are substantial flaws, you know, but I'm comfortable with those because I have come to understand a love that surpasses all flaws. There's an unconditional love as a son of God and I have also found that in community. And when you have unconditional love vertically and unconditional love horizontally, it cannot help but penetrate um, your soul. And so I, I really, that's been such a core part of the confidence that comes just to honestly present myself before the world. And I've, I think in the last three months, I've just seen some amazing breakthrough uh, some of it comes through counseling. I have uh, so many long-term relationships where I just started being more and more honest, particularly this year, about some of my failures and some of my struggles. And the responses of the people around me took away much of my fear um, and just helped me realize I don't have anything to fear so far as my real world, which is the people who love me, the covenant people in my life. And my daddy God, my father God, loves me uncon unconditionally. And then I think I also have a spiritual father uh, who has made all the difference in my world. Just to have that. Uh, and he calls me out. Uh, he loves a thug in me so I don't have to be afraid of uh, being rejected, but he calls me to my highest and my best. So when, I, when you have those things going for you and you present yourself transparently and you just take down every wall you can take down, there's a confidence that comes from sharing your life at that level. I think I might leave it there. If someone wants to get a hold of you and help develop a backbone, how would they reach out to you? Uh, they could reach out to me at ewaterbury, E-W-A-T-E-R-B-U-R-Y at gmail.com. I do life coaching. So I, that's what I, I love to help people. Develop uh, spines since yes. 2001 or before. <laughs> Much longer before. Awesome. Well, it's late here. It was really fun. Off the cuff, that is Raw Waterbury. Maybe we should just rename the podcast to Raw Waterbury. It's really good. Thanks for um, chatting. Let's yep. do it again. Loved it. 
Thanks for listening. We're going to do a lot more of these podcasts and our podcasts are on iTunes, on our website at epiclife.org. And if you want us to text you the link when they get released, join our text message list. You can do that by texting your name to 916-246-2468. See, that just kind of skips by twos. 246-2468. Text your name there. And then after subscribing, reply podcast. And then when any new episode gets released, we'll text you the link and it's totally free. If you're in the Northern California region, join us for one of our monthly gatherings and you can grab tickets to our upcoming gathering by going to epiclife.org slash tickets. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.